Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Raptors. On today's show, I'll talk a little bit about some practice updates, some injury news and notes from the Raptors and their media availabilities earlier on today. But for the most part, today's episode is about checking in with some old pals. I'm going to be joined by Matt Peck of Locked on Bulls to talk all about DeMar DeRozan and what he's done so far for the Bulls this season. And then I'm going to be joined by Giancarlo Navis from Miami Heat Beat as he hops on to talk about Kyle Lowry and how he has basically changed the Miami Heat into Lowry culture as opposed to the Heat culture thing they had going on before. All of it's going to be super fun. You can get ready for it. That's coming up in just one second. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1053. Yeah, 1053 of Lockdown Raptors for Tuesday, November the 9th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. And of course, you can find the podcast on all of your favorite podcast providers for absolutely free. You can subscribe to, rate, review, follow, whatever it is your app of choice asks you to do to support the podcast you love. You can do that over there. You can also follow the podcast and subscribe on YouTube. It's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that as well. We've got a nice little YouTube community building up over there. Would love to see more wonderful faces join the list of subs that is now over 1,200 people long. Woohoo! Uh, also, as a reminder, uh, I want to thank you for making us your first listener of the day. I know this is later on in the day than typical uh, because of scheduling and all that stuff, but uh, I'm sure you have uh, abstained from other podcast listening waiting for this episode to drop because it is your first listen of the day. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com, our friends over there with an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Check them out and tell them that Locked On sent you over at rockauto.com. More on them a little bit later. All right, on today's show, we are going to be joined, as promised, by Matt Peck of Locked On Bulls and then Giancarlo Navis of Miami Heat Beat. And we are going to talk to them about how DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have uh, caught up those particular fan bases very much in their charm and glory. It's going to be a lot of fun. DeMar DeRozan has been like my favorite player to watch in all of basketball so far this season. The Bulls are my favorite team to watch, not Raptors division. They had a really fun win last night over the Nets that featured just a hilarious mid-range bucket with like three dudes in his face to kind of blow it open for the Bulls in the fourth quarter against Brooklyn last night. We're going to talk about uh, DeMar with Matt Peck and kind of get a sense of what Bulls fans are feeling about DeMar DeRozan, a very underappreciated player who finally has more people joining on and, and feeling the DeMar appreciation. He was kind of out in the woods with the Spurs for a couple of years there. The Bulls are a big national franchise, all that stuff, and he's getting his just uh, praise a as a result. So we'll talk to Matt about that in segment two. And then we'll round things out with Giancarlo Navis from Miami Heat Beat, who is a longtime Kyle Lowry fan and Stan, despite being a Heat guy. And uh, of course, now Lowry's playing for his team. We're going to talk about how he has changed the mix down there with the no longer Eastern Conference leading Miami Heat, but they are leading and getting pushed by Nikola Jokic after pissing him off. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that 
with Giancarlo later on as well. But we should start off with just some notes and news from practice. The Raptors practice today before heading out on their road trip. They got two games coming up on the road in Boston and in Philly tomorrow night. And on Thursday, just a heads up, tomorrow's show will be with John Corrales from Locked On Celtics as we tee up that game with a little crossover action. Always love talking to John, the only acceptable Celtics fan, I always say. Uh, but we will, uh, you know, get to see, as was told today, Pascal Siakam playing in at least the first game of the back-to-back. -back. The uh, Nick Nurse uh, news note from today was that unsure if Pascal will be playing both games of the back-to-back, -back. he will play tomorrow, unsure of his status for the Sixers game on Thursday. And if you're going to pick Pascal to play in one of these games, I'm glad it's the Celtics game. The Celtics obviously have been on kind of hard times this season, though they have won a few games recently. They're a better team right now in terms of available healthy players than the Sixers are. Because remember, the Sixers have no one available as the as it stands right now. Matisse Thibel is out in the COVID protocols. Uh, Tobias Harris tested positive for COVID back on November 3rd. Still doesn't seem like he's going to be back and available for the game on Thursday. Joel Embiid is going to be out probably like 10 days at the very least after testing positive or entering the protocols. Uh, so he won't be available. And that obviously makes it a little bit easier for the Raptors on the defensive side of the ball, which is nice. Obviously, Embiid always commands a lot of attention and very careful scheming. They're usually quite good at it, but it's a lot better to not have to prepare for Joel Embiid. And obviously not having Pascal Siakam for that game, if he does sit out the second half of the back-to-back, -back, that's probably the one you want. If you don't have to have that extra set of hands defensively to throw uh, double teams towards Joel Embiid, you're probably fine without Siakam in that game. Um, of course, they're also missing Isaiah Joe. They're missing, uh, let me pull up their injury report. I had it off the top of my head. Uh, well, Ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons, so he's not available. And then Seth Curry is also day-to-day -day right now. So we will see if there's even like a rosterable team for the Sixers. It might be something resembling what we saw from the Raptors last season, oftentimes when they were down a lot of players in the Tampa Hell season. We could see lots of Paul Reed and uh, Tyrese Maxey is probably going to take like 45 shots. And that probably bodes well for the Raptors in that game on Thursday. We'll talk about that one later on, though. Um, but if you are going to pick one game for Pascal to play here between the Celtics and the, uh, you know, and the Sixers, that you know, that's the one. Not just because the Sixers are going to be without players as well. You know, Pascal, if you think back to the bubble, everyone looks back to the bubble. It's oh, what a nightmare it was for Pascal. He was incredibly good defensively in that series against the Celtics in particular. And he obviously offers a really nice defensive option to throw at Jason Tatum. You're not only leaving Scotty Barnes out to dry, making that his top assignment. OG Ananobi doesn't have to make it his top assignment. Obviously, Jalen Brown is a difficult piece to deal with as well. Having Pascal on hand for that game is going to be huge with the big wings that the Celtics uh, throw at, at you. And so I'm particularly fascinated to see how that starting lineup the Raptors rolled out in the first Siakam game back is going to look if they do roll it out against the Celtics. Of course, the Celtics have been starting Al Horford and Robert Williams together a bunch, and they play those guys together a lot. Robert Williams is, of course, an imposing rebounding threat and all of that. Very curious to see if the Raptors stick with their guns and say, we're going to play small better than you can play big, and we're going to hit the offensive glass the way we did in that first game against you and completely bludgeon you that way. Could that be how they go better? And I hope it is because I'd like to see them just play that small lineup all the time because I think it's their best look. But either way, having Siakam available, whether they're going to play big or small, you know, you can kind of go either way against that Celtics team, I suppose. Maybe swap Trent out, put in Precious Achua as your starting center, and maybe you just fight large with large and go six foot nine, you know, two through five. Either way, uh, nice that Siakam will be playing that game. If he doesn't play against the Sixers, they'll probably have enough to get by. 
even though they will also have another injury in the form of Ken Birch, who was going to miss both of these games. Uh, again, less of a problem than it would have been. You'd figure Ken Birch would be one of the first lines of defense against a healthy Joel Embiid. He won't be there on Thursday, so you're not missing it out on that too, too much. Obviously, you know, it's still nice to have Ken Birch around. He steadies things. He kind of brings a calm and uh, sort of reliability to the Raptors in the half court in particular, both on defense and on offense, frankly, that you miss, obviously. He's been a really, really key contributor, been part of some huge runs this season, just offering that steady hand at center. Uh, he won't be available with the right knee swelling that he's been going through, missing the game against uh, the Nets on Sunday as well. Won't see him until at least later on in the week on Saturday, I believe is their next game after they take on the Sixers. So not ideal, of course, uh, to not have Ken Birch. But again, this like back to back here, it's nice that the Celtics are the front end of it. And maybe you can kind of pick up that win in Boston. Obviously, it will be tough to win a second game in Boston so far this season, but they've shown they have the chops. And, um, you know, I, I expect big things if Pascal is going to be available in particular. But with that Sixers game, you might be able to steal a second night of a back-to-back -back win, even with a couple guys not available if Siakam and Birch aren't there because the Sixers are going to have such a ragtag crew. Either way, those are your updates from practice today. Let's get to checking in with some old pals. DeMar DeRozan coming up in the next segment, and then Giancarlo Navis is going to stop by to talk about Kyle Lowry in the final segment of the show. But first, we got Matt Peck from Locked On Bulls, the wonderful Locked On Bulls podcast. You should go listen to that with Matt and Big Dave. We will get to matt in one second and talk about tomorrow but first i want to tell you about our friends over at true bill which is a new sponsor for the podcast and honestly this one speaks to me do you know why free trials renew without your consent it's a business scam essentially out to get you and to count on you forgetting things a month after you sign up for a free trial don't let greedy corporations pocket the money that you don't want to be giving them and download Truebill to take care of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. I have plenty of experience with this. I'm a forgetful guy. I one time signed up for a uh, an app or a, a site that you can make like e-cards on because it was COVID and I wanted to send e-cards to the family members I couldn't see. I spent like 50 bucks and made one card and then I forgot about their subscription and I paid like, you know, 50 bucks for an entire year, two years in a row because I'm a fool and I forgot. Well, guess what? Truebill would have stopped that issue from happening entirely. If you're a forgetful person like me or you just have too many subscriptions to keep a handle of, Truebill is the answer for you. Don't fall for subscription, Sam. Start, start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now to truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year if you are like me and sign up for things that you forget to cancel. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. It has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It is daily fantasy made easy. And if you have not checked it out with yet, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes in each game. And all of the users on Prize Picks who go through our promo code, which is NBA, will get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So you put in 100 bucks, they match that up to 100 bucks to 100 
dollars uh yeah it's a wonderful way to begin your prize picks career you can pick two to five players in an over under matchup and you can uh win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus versus the projected numbers as well it's a wonderful wonderful place prize picks allows mixed sport entries as well so you can take the over on lebron combined with the under on patrick mahomes and the over on Connor mcdavid goals it's a beautiful beautiful utopia for sports fans who like to take part in dfs Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I know I love it, and you will too. All right, let's get to it now. Myself, Matt Peck from Locked On Bulls, talking about the glory that is watching DeMar DeRozan play for your basketball team. That's coming up. All right, joining me now on uh, Locked On Raptors is another Locked On pal from the wonderful Locked On Bulls podcast. It's Matt Peck. Matt, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I, 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 I got to say, watching DeMar DeRozan last night is part of the reason why that is the case. Uh, we were recording this on Tuesday, the night after DeMar put up 28 against the Nets. He's been having a wonderful, wonderful season. And so, yeah, I, I do kind of just want to Pick your brain on the joy that is watching DeMar DeRozan play basketball. I'm very happy that like a new subset of fans now gets the chance to appreciate, I think, a very easy to not appreciate style of play. Uh, he's been delightful. So let me I, let's start back in the summer when they make the signing, Matt. They mm -hmm. sign him for what is it like three years, 87 or something like that. Everyone's right. like, oh, it's too much money for DeMar DeRozan. Oh, my God, is he a max player? Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Uh, what was your reaction to the signing originally? And did you have any sort of expectation for what DeMar would be when the season began? Yeah, I mean, I loved the signing, to be honest, mm -hmm. because I saw it as an intelligent addition to the roster addressing weaknesses of the team last season that the new front office mm -hmm. came and observed okay what do we have what are we good at what do we not have what are we bad at and when you think about DeMar DeRozan's strengths he takes care of the basketball he makes clutch shots late in games and is not afraid to take those shots and he gets to the free throw line the Bulls had mm -hmm. the least amount of free throw attempts per game of all 30 NBA teams last season DeMar already addressing that problem Averaging 7.9 attempts per game, I think, uh, at the charity stripe through their first 10 games. Um, obviously, you see that clutch shooting gene as well. He is a great complementary piece to Zach Levine. They have each scored 20 or more in eight of the Bulls' first 10 games. The Bulls are 7-3. and three. I think there's some correlation there. He's great. And the little cherry on top of this DeMar Sunday so far, everybody rags him about two things. He doesn't shoot threes and he can't yeah. play defense. Look, have we seen some evidence so far that DeMar occasionally gets lost playing defense off the ball? Sure, it happens. <laughs> He's also made some pretty impressive and surprisingly competent plays when he's playing health defense, and he's getting his hands in passing lanes. He's buying into the, at least the idea of trying on defense. And you know with some of these NBA athletes, that's all it takes for them to go from <laughs> horrible defensively to kind of okay defensively. And then the three-pointers. He's only shooting 2.3 per game, but he's hmm. knocking them down at 39% so far, which like, hey, man, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I always find it uh, offensive to me when DeMar takes threes because I'd rather watch him take cool, off-balance 18-footers. <laughs> it's just me. I like the aesthetics of it all. Right. But I, let me ask you about that. Like, the sort of the aesthetic joy that is watching, like, his footwork and the way he kind of just, like, dupes dudes into jumping into him as he's pump fake. I know he did it to Scotty Barnes when the Raptors played Chicago a couple weeks ago. It was like Scotty Barnes's first like welcome to the NBA moment in a lot of ways where DeMar pump fakes right. him, he flies into him and DeMar goes to the line. Like the pump fake seems like it's uh like new foul rule proof almost. Like it's still going to dupe guys basically every game even though he's been doing it for 10, 12 years. Uh, like just kind of, I, I guess, fill me in on sort of what you've enjoyed about just the experience of watching him operate. Yeah, I, I think especially when you compare it to how the Bulls really struggled, whether it was Zach Levine or Zach Levine or Zach Levine <laughs> to get shots that they wanted where they wanted them on the floor for the last couple of seasons. It is so much fun watching DeMar get to his spots mm -hmm. where he wants to take those mid-range shots because he is so gosh darn good at it. And you know he loves just that little area right around the free throw line. Maybe it's the left corner. Maybe it's the right corner. Maybe it's right there at the top of the key. But I, I, somebody screenshotted a whole bunch of different DeMar shots on <laughs> you know both Twitter from a few ago and was like, these are all actually different shots that DeMar took tonight, but you look and it's like, same spot, same spot, same spot, same spot. <laughs> and he canned all of them. The guy is so good with his feet and using those little like herky-jerky pump fakes to get a clean enough look where if he's shooting from 18, like as soon as it leaves his hands, you're like, oh yeah, that's going in. And most of the time mm -hmm. it does. Yeah, he had a, a shot last night that went in against the Nets. It was like the fourth quarter. I think it was like an eight-point game at the time. Might have been a six-point game. And he hits this like heavily contested 20-footer. There's like three dudes on him. And that kind of blew that game open in a way. Like he hits that shot. It's such a backbreaker. The Bulls go on a run subsequently. And I... I choose to think it was DeMar's doing to kickstart the run with that. Um, so let me ask you about this, uh, Matt. You know, obviously Bulls fans, it seems like it was a bit of a polarizing move. I think there are sort of like the Bulls fans who are just happy to have a team that's good and competent and competitive again, which I think is the right way to th think about it if you're a Bulls fan. Like, having a good and cool team is good and cool, uh, as it turns right. out. Um, but, like, do you think the maybe sort of DeMar skeptics, those who are maybe, like, a little unsure about the, oh, does this team have a championship ceiling? Are those people coming around and becoming DeMar accolades as well in your experience? I mean, I, I think that there are some out there who still see DeMar, Zach, Vooch, and Lonzo as a fun core of players who mm -hmm. made the Bulls go from unwatchable and embarrassing to, hey, this team is fun to watch. That's actually basketball that they're playing on that court out there. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> but that's but that still feel like their ceiling collectively as like a quadrant of players is not winning a championship. They don't, you know, mm -hmm. there are some people who say DeMar's good, but he's not that good. Zach's good, but he's not that good. Vooch and DeMar, you know, people using the term like sub all-stars, right? That that's sure. like this new term that people are referring to them to. Um, which, okay, do did I think coming into the season after this complete roster makeover that the Bulls were going to be legitimately contending for a championship this season? No, but a step is a step. Mm -hmm. And I thought if you can get one of those top six seeds in the East, which got better this offseason, I think, and like yeah. look at the Eastern Conference standings through the first 10 to 12 games everybody's played. It's upside down. 
Like, you mm-hmm. know, Milwaukee's had some, t- some bad losses. Brooklyn's got losses. And then meanwhile, it's like, hey, look at us. We're the Washington Wizards. And we're like, you know, we're, <laughs> like, you know, like none of it makes sense so far. But the Bulls are seven and three and right in the thick of it. And I think for the most part, the vibe in the fan base is, hey, this is fun and we'll take it. And if we don't win a championship this year or next year, like, at least we are living in the present and and happy about what the present is is giving us. I'll just offer a little tip to any Bulls fans who might be listening because they saw your name on the pod and they decided to tune in because, oh, Matt Peck content, got to listen. Uh, I will say there is a lot of fun in the kind of really good relevancy that a guy like DeMar DeRozan can help bring you. Uh, yes, the Raptors didn't win a title under him and it took trading him away in order to win a title, but... I wouldn't trade the six, seven years of DeMar kind of ascending into an all-star and then being an all-star for anything because he was an absolute delight to watch and like the easiest guy in the world to root for as well, which is another underrated thing about him. So if you have not yet come over to the side of DeMar, Bulls fans, uh, it's time. He's awesome. Enjoy everything he provides because he is an absolute delight. And I I, I would say this real quick, like when it it comes to DeMar not winning that title with Toronto, I, I said this to a lot of people who were like, oh, Jamar, not a winner when the Bulls made that move. <laughs> I was like, do you think it's a coincidence that when Toronto finally won the championship, it was the same season that LeBron James left for the Western Conference? Yes, I that's think a sore spot had for a Raptors fans. To do but with yes. that and, and, and not so much like, oh, Jamar's not a winner. Yeah, yeah, that, that certainly uh, didn't, uh, you know, hinder them at all. Was LeBron not being around? You're, you're right. Uh, two quick ones for you, Matt, before I let you go. I, I have to ask you about another former Raptor on the team, Matt Thomas. He was an, an apple of Raptors fans' eye for a long time. He was kind of like this cult hero for the four times he came in and hit a three. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious, how is the Matt Thomas experience going in Chicago? Is he similarly a cult hero or is he very much just a 15th guy? No, he's just kind of the guy sitting on the last spot on the bench right now. I mean, I I was a little bit surprised to see, like, he earned the 15th and final roster spot out of training camp. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think maybe it's just because that the Bulls saw a potential problem with the lack of three-point shooting on this roster. And and Mm -hmm. we have seen that so far through 10 games. The Bulls are top 10 in the league in field goal percentage from behind the arc, but they're, like, dead last in attempts per game. So Mm -hmm. maybe they saw him as a potential like, hey, come in, knock down a few threes. But he really has not gotten any run other than mop up duty and garbage time in regular season games. And, uh, you know, the the cultural hero who's stolen the fans of all Bulls fans, without a doubt, is not Matt Thomas. It's Alex Caruso, because Uh, I mean, that that guy and like he was diving (laughs) on the floor for loose balls at the UC last night. And and everybody's like, that's that's Kirk Heinrich reincarnated, but also better. <laughs> he's a better shooter, and he's Kirk Heinrich reincarnated with with no hair. Um, but yeah. look, you know, Matt Thomas, I in, unless you know, knock on wood, like duty calls because the Bulls get that thin. I don't see him getting a whole lot of run. And I also yeah. did roll my eyes a little bit because like we finally fired Gar Foreman, and I was like, I thought we were done with the Iowa State guys. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Yeah, the Iowa, now that Nick Nurse is in the league, Iowa will forever be entwined with the entire NBA, regardless of whether Garpax is around or not. Um, Last one for you, Matt. Uh, Chris Boucher, he's a power forward who uh, is not really seemingly in the Raptors' long-term plans. 
The Bulls lost the power forward of their future for the season in Pat Williams. Can I interest you in a lightly used Chris Boucher for perhaps a protected second round pick of some kind and maybe some sort of roster throw in who is not Matt Thomas? I tell you what, man, I, I've watched uh, a number of Boucher games and I like what I see from that guy. I think he's a, I think he's a good little role player on a team where, where he can get, you know, in the right fit, give you really solid minutes. And he's, he's in that category of players who have like had a inexplicably monster game against the bulls because everybody has in the last few oh, yeah, years, the 38, the bulls 19 have just last so year. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> just dropped a bomb on us. And I was like, who the hell is this Bobby Boucher guy? Just giving us buckets <laughs> all night. But I mean, it, it is true that the bulls are just kind of getting by with their lack of size right now. They still like they outscored Brooklyn in the paint by 30 last night. They had a mm -hmm. 14, uh, you know, rebounding advantage uh, over Brooklyn last night. But at some point, you got to wonder, like, okay, how much longer can we really survive with Javante Green playing power forward for us? He's six foot four. Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. mean, <laughs> we'll, like, we'll see. And Bradley has gotten a solid backup center minutes uh, to spell Vooch when he needs a rest. But I, you know, that's, that's going to be an interesting thing as we get closer to that trade deadline because Kobe White is nearing his return from his offseason shoulder surgery. Um, meanwhile, the rookie Io DeSumo is looking good. He had another big game in their win last night. Um, people are talking about maybe Kobe White being a, a you know a trade dangling kind of player if the Bulls don't need him, don't see him as a piece of their long term future, and are looking to beef up that front court a little bit. So I'd say let's revisit this conversation in a couple of weeks once we see how Billy handles Kobe uh, reintegrating into the rotation. Kobe White for Chris Boucher. You heard it here first. Uh, when it goes down in the future, we'll clip this and uh, share it out to the world and get all that sweet, sweet Bulls engagement. fans are going to be coming up, coming for my head on that. <laughs> I did not suggest a Boucher for Kobe straight up trade, just to be clear. I'm going to edit that, and it's just going to say, I did suggest a Boucher for Kobe trade. This is what happens when you come on my podcast. I'm the boss. Matt, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was great chatting with you. Uh, keep up the great work over at Lockdown Bulls. Where can people check you out? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck, and we are at Locked on Bulls. And like you, we are also there on them YouTubes now. So subscribe to our Locked on Bulls YouTube channel as well. You guys rock. Everyone go listen to Locked on Bulls to hear more DeMar propaganda and so much more. Thanks, Matt. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Sean. Take it easy, bud. All right, we've got more appreciation of old pals coming up in just one second. Big thanks to Matt for jumping on, jumping on the show to talk about DeMar. Uh, we got Giancarlo Navis from Miami Heat Beat coming up in just a sec here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Com. And rockauto.com is an amazing place. I don't know nothing about cars. I get scared. I don't know anything. I meet for a mechanic when I walk into a, an auto body shop and say, hey, my car is broken. Can you fix this? And they look at me and they go, oh, this fool, we're going to charge this dude for everything he's worth. And they do uh, until that is uh, rockauto.com came along. And I now know I can go into a mechanic with the part that I need to be put in my car and say, hey, put this in, please. And they will because they have to. It's a wonderful thing. You can go to rockauto.com. You can search their website. You can find names, models, specifications, prices, all the stuff that you need. And their site is super easy to use. It's very, very intuitive. If I can use it, you can use it because I know nothing about cars. Either way, uh, rockauto.com, they're a family business. 
business. You can trust them. They've been serving auto parts customers for 20 years, and their costs are reliably low for everybody, whether you're professional or a do-it-yourselfer. You're really like just doing yourself a disservice to not be going to rockauto.com anytime you need a part for your car, whether it's big or small. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their had you here about us box to know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. And with that, we will now move into talking about one Kyle Lowry with Giancarlo Navis from Miami Heat Beat. And there he is joining me now on today's show from Miami Heat Beat is Giancarlo Navis, a man who on Twitter has branded himself as a Kyle Lowry lifer, which we love to see. Uh, one of the great Kyle Lowry propagandists out there. Giancarlo, thanks for being here, man. Hey, listen, I, I've and I've I've said for a while now, I, I Kyle's been my favorite player, right? So, and mm-hmm. I've, I've been a Raptors fan by proxy for many years, um, and just. Him being in Miami has been a dream come true. I've been propagating this, Sean, for years. He Twitter used to be <laughs> mad at me because of how much I propagate Lowry, and I, everybody's finding my old Lowry tweets. And I like to be right, so you know, we really, we really flipped the narrative on this one. We love to see it. Really, we can't have enough uh, people being happy about Kyle Lowry, even if uh, I know Raptors fans are taking like a weird exception to. Heat fans maybe not having understood Kyle beforehand or like national media not really having understand understood Kyle before October 20th when he started playing for the Heat. For me, I'm just happy to see more people learning about Kyle Lowry and how much he owns. Like this is kind of the same thing that I'm feeling with DeMar DeRozan where I'm just like very happy that people get to watch DeMar DeRozan and a, a new fan base gets to appreciate him. And I'm very much feeling that with Kyle Lowry. So let's dive into Kyle's numbers so far this season John Carlo they've not been like terribly impressive like from a stats per you know stats like you know perspective he's been uh let me just pull back up here 10 points a game 7.1 assists 5.2 boards he's not shooting terribly well 38.6 percent from the field 34 percent from three uh just a 12.8 per all that stuff he's not been like stuffing the stat sheet like prime Kyle Lowry however it's obvious that he has affected the way that the team plays can you detail the ways in which Kyle Lowry has made the heat into this like insane juggernaut that they've mostly been until Nikola Jokic uh, beat their ass <laughs> both on the floor and off last night? What a, what a mess that was last night. So let's <laughs> let's get into the defense because I think that it, yeah. it starts with there and, and their offensive numbers have been, I think, a little inflated lately. We'll see how that goes. But on the defensive end, Miami last season and, and even going back to when they made the trade for Iguodala and for Crowder, really went from a drop team to a switch team, right? right? And the first year, even in their title run, even not not title run, the finals run, uh, the defense was a little shaky, um, but they managed to survive. You know, they would hard show the guards and they would switch a lot. And Crowder wasn't the swiftest of foot while he is a switchable wing. You know, you, you just have issues with, with quicker guys. And then last season, that really just bit them in the butt because they mm-hmm. just couldn't, they couldn't guard anybody. They couldn't stay in front of everybody. Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Dragic, just made them have to switch bam out onto any guard who had a competent pick and roll game. Right. What happens when you do that is you compromise your back end. So you're giving up a ton of rebounds because now bam is not helping out on that end. Your help defense is basically Jimmy Butler coming from the nail or coming from the corner to kind of, to kind of stunt the drive and then close out on corner threes, which is why mm-hmm. they were bleeding threes last season. So their point of attack defense was ter- like horrendous. Yeah. Kyle comes in, 
Six with the guards and pick and roll can go over, can go under. Bam can play and drop, makes him a lot more deadly. Let's Jimmy Brom passing lanes a lot easier. So they're getting a lot mm-hmm. more deflections. They're getting on and running more, which kind of brings me to their offense. So they're playing at a breakneck pace when Kyle's in the game, a uh, hundred, almost 102 possessions. And then when he's off the floor, they're at 95. Right. Right. <laughs> so they, they, they crawl when he's out. Mm-hmm. And when you're Miami and you don't have a ton of shooting, Duncan's having a down year. Jimmy's obviously not a shooter. Bam is not a shooter. The way you mitigate that is, well, you play fast, right? You're going to zip mm-hmm. the ball up. Now you're going to attack mismatches. You're going to kind of find seams, not in a half court set. Now, according to Clean the Glass, their half court offense has been really good this season, partly because mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry's a really good basketball player. But, <laughs> you know, he really tra- he gets them out and he goes, he gets them set up. And, and Sean, Last season, I had this joke where I'd call Miami's offense a revolving door of dribble handoffs because mm-hmm. they'd run a handoff and, you know, you switch that. And by the way, that, that really started with the Raptors in the bubble, you know, when they yep. would kind of do uh, Powell and, and OG, right? So you put you put OG on Duncan and you could switch that to Bam or vice mm-hmm. versa. And that really just kind of was the blueprint to blowing up Miami's offense, which that year was was almost top five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kyle gives you that, that downhill zip that that doesn't matter. And last year, you know, you, you'd run a handoff and then, you know, when they switch that, you, you pivot to another handoff and you're basically doing four handoffs and you don't really get any cracks at the apple. Now this year they're getting into their offense a lot sooner. So instead of starting a a play with 14 on the clock, it's Mm -hmm. a lot of 17, 20, right? They're just, they're doing it quicker. So they get a lot more bites at the apple, uh, which, I mean, I think those are the things that stand out the most. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's just been transformative, man. I mean, Hall of Fame point guard. Yeah, we love to hear <laughs> that. Uh, there's no disagreement there. And honestly, you know, another sort of nice thing about him being in Miami is that, like, now he's with, like, the glamour franchise that everybody loves. Uh, that's only going to help his Hall of Fame case, I would think, if yes. he's successful down there. Uh, so, Raptors fans, stop being so precious about it and just enjoy that he he's having another a good time. All-Star appearance to, like, <laughs> really, once he's seven-time All-Star, I think that with, with, with the title, with the gold yeah. medal, I think that solidifies it. Yeah, I mean, I would say he's probably... I, I think, think he's, he's above the Mitch Richmond line now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> if that's like the very unfair line we've set, I would say he's above it. But uh, yeah, a couple of years of really good basketball with the Heat certainly won't help, hurt matters. Um, I want to ask you just like, there's so many different little things that Kyle does throughout a game that kind of are his pet things that he goes to to like gain an edge there, score a bucket here. I could go on a list of like the number of things I love watching Kyle Lowry do from like throw his ass into a big when he's driving to like create space. That's my favorite. Around the- there you go. Okay. That is my favorite. So much. Okay. Detail why you love it. <laughs> so his, he, and the reason why he's my favorite player is because he's not, he really, I think Zach Lowe used the phrase persnickety yeah. to, to define <laughs> him. And Kyle is, a savant. I, I think yeah. he's like, like I think he's like Chris Paul level genius of the game. Yep. And when that dude flies off a screen, or if that dude has an advantage or doesn't, he's he's like programmed to like, well, how how can I create this situation that might not be the most advantageous to to, to being advantageous, or how can I get my guys a shot? Whether that is using your body, hitting mm-hmm. the brakes, putting your butt in a dude. Right. Whether it's using, I mean, he is, I mean, we'll make the jokes on Twitter. He is a big dude. He is a strong, big dude. You're not going to bully him on a switch. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're like Embiid or something, for the most part, you're not getting anywhere. You don't really have to send help. So it's just this like this self awareness of his limitations, 
whether mm-hmm. it be size, whether I mean he's not a dead eye shooter, right? I think he's a good shooter, not a great. He's not the the best finisher. Like he he understands. He's like hyper aware of all his limitations, and that has yeah. become a strength for him. That's why yeah. I love those little like what you talk about those little things, those little rotations, the the super quick hands, the the smart fouls. Like he's just a genius, man. I love that dude. Yeah, the, I think Daniel Tice still has a Lowry-shaped print in his <laughs> thighs from the bubble when, like, whenever the Raptors needed a bucket, which was often in that series because their offense was, uh, like, just garbage. He would just kind of, like, drive in, get Tice on his hip or his back, throw his ass into his hips, and then uh, just go up and finish because it he cleared space. out the lane. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a wonderful space clearer. That is the kindest way you can describe his posterior. Um, <laughs> so, like, it, it, with Lowry, you know, I, I know there's been, like, this, so, he, like, Tim McMahon had the whole, like, oh, he's maybe the fourth best player on the team, or yada, 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 that type of thing. Like, where do you think Kyle situates in, like, in terms of maybe not just, like, raw talent because that's never been the way to evaluate Kyle Lowry – in terms of like importance to the Miami Heat winning basketball games, where does he slot in in the pecking order on the Heat? You know that that's actually a really difficult question because it, it might be two. Yeah, right. It might be one. I mean, it's yeah. definitely one through three. I mean, I, I, they can survive Hero not not being around, right? I think that's a little ridiculous. And I think, listen, as I've watched Hero, we have to pump the brakes a little bit on Tyler. I think he has been really good, <laughs> and I think a lot of what he's shown is promising. But I think people saying that he, you know, the numbers look good, of course. But I saw the games when Kyle didn't play or when Kyle's off the floor and how that looks like. Sean, yeah. I think I think one of the most important like metrics we need to look at to answer that question mm-hmm. is the the Kyle Jimmy on off stuff now. The year that they made the finals, they were plus like seven or eight per hundred with Jimmy on, and they were minus zero with him off. So they Mm -hmm. were able to just survive the non-Jimmy minutes. Uh, This is regardless of Bam. Last season, it was like plus seven, minus seven. So they were just getting decimated when he wasn't on the floor. Mm -hmm. This year, Jimmy on, Kyle off, uh, they're surviving, right? So they have a nine. They're they're actually doing really good nine net rating. Uh, And Kyle on, Jimmy off, plus 19 in almost yeah. 100 minutes right so you let your superstar your you know your guy i mean the guy who's most likely to crack top 10 players in the league right is jimmy i yeah. think bam's there yet he will get there i still think jimmy's the best defender on the team i still think jimmy's the best player on the team mm-hmm. um but kyle really allows jimmy and bam to be there to put themselves in scoring positions where they catch the ball and i did a video on that it's on my twitter page Mm-hmm. Um, my old for calling it a Twitter page. It's a Twitter account. I feel I always feel like I call for, it. I call it my Twitter feed or something yeah, like I that. I don't know. It makes me feel old. Um, uh, anyone almost, who's on Twitter is old at this point. If you're not in the TikToks, which I'm not, uh, I think you're washed. We're so not Zoomers. I think yeah. I'm washed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Millennials are the new boomers. Uh, they catch. You know, Kyle lets them catch the ball in like the, let's Bam in particular mid post, um, low post. Let's them face up. I I, I kind of like for Bam to be more of an Amari type mm-hmm. player than, than anything else. And I think Kyle allows that the way that Kyle uses handoffs is really kind of synergizes with Miami's offense. They used to run something where they would kind of have Siakam and, and Fred and horns for, for Lowry. Mm-hmm. And then he would kind of fly off one of those screens and get the ball back and shoot. Miami does a ton of that with Jimmy and Bam and him. So he just, he makes everything make sense, Sean. So it's like, it's hard for me to say because they're a team that like, they don't have a LeBron or a KD Right. Or, or mm-hmm. I mean, even even a Pascal who might even be like more raw, naturally talented than, than anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. They just have 
they have a lot of dudes that make sense. And Kyle was like the missing Kyle was the key to like really, you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. kind of comes together, lets them play the defense they want, lets their guys play off ball enough, but on ball enough, right? Because you know, he doesn't he doesn't need to like unlike Fred, who's pounding the ball up top, which you know is mm -hmm. great for Fred, but sometimes not good for other guys to get in rhythm. I think Kyle is, is a good mix of both of those. So mm -hmm. it's hard to say. I will say that they just they look dreadful uh when when Kyle didn't play that Indiana game uh, yeah. I mean they're good with him off the floor right I mean they're better with him on but you know it, it it's he's 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 the missing piece I have one last quick one for you don't have to spend too much time on it but there's a long and storied history of Kyle Lowry getting dudes paid uh the, obviously the most famous example being Bismack Biombo just catching pick and roll passes from Kyle for an entire season was pretty damn good for Bismack's wallet I have to ask you, of the members of this year's Miami Heat, who is most likely to earn uh, the Kyle Lowry boost contract-wise going into either this coming summer or an upcoming summer sometime soon? I would have said Duncan if you had asked me at the start of the season, but he's mm. kind of he's really struggled. I do think Bam is the one that has benefited the most from him. I think people will right. default to Tyler, right? right. And, and the Tyler, the, the Tyler hero lineups have, have been really good. Again, plus nine per 100 possessions, really good offense. But the way that he allows Bam to be his best self and most optimal self sure, on both offense and defense, Bam's not running a million handoffs at the elbow. Kyle's right. running the offense. So I'd probably go Bam, but Bam already got paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah we got to go deeper. We got to go Omer, you're at seven. Is it going to be Caleb Martin? Like, who are we? <laughs> it it might be, it might be contract. I mean, I know that Markeith, you know, just had his kerfuffle with Jokic, <laughs> but um Deadman is another one, although Deadman really plays well with, with Jimmy and did last year too. But I right. think Morris has been, you know, I was out on Markeef. I when they signed him, I was like, I don't really understand what's the point of adding a dude who can't shoot that needs to play five to be effective. Sure. Um, and because you have you have Deadman as the backup five who's been really, really good. Deadman is really like the plus minus king, the net rating <laughs> king on the heat. So Markeef really has I mean, Kyle's been great with Markeef. Um, has I mean not not that he's a good shooter, but he's been like a decent shooter with Kyle together. I think defensively they're good. Again, they're they're plus nine per hundred. Every every lineup's like plus nine per hundred possessions. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's good I, team, I, I, as it turns out it's the Kyle was, effect. <laughs> it's listen. It's it's almost as if he's a Hall of Fame point guard, Sean. Almost. Yeah. Some go. might say. <laughs> well, uh, Giancarlo, this is a pretty good place to leave it off, I think, with Hall of Fame propaganda being the tale of the show. Uh, I want to thank you so much for hopping on the show today. Do you have anything that you would like to promote? Yes, thank you so much. Well, if, if you are a Raptors fan, listen, we are we're Raptors fan to Jason. I'm a Raptors lifer. Listen, I, I watch, I still watch my my boys play. I love Fred. I know I slandered him a little bit, but I, I do it. <laughs> it's tough love. I want him to be good. I want him to finish better at the rim. Mm -hmm. uh I, I'm, I'm happy that that precious is, is playing over there and all that but you can check us out at miami heat beat on on twitter at mia heat beat that is the ad you can also find our streams on twitch twitch.tv slash mia heat beat we do pre post game shows we do uh pot live podcasts as a matter of fact we have one tonight around 7 30 kind of talk about that Jokic markeef incident last <laughs> night so we have we have lots of fun content we have our website that's about to relaunch miamiheatbeat.com where you can find tons of Kyle Lowry propaganda that I will be writing amongst the many <laughs> in our wonderful, beautiful staff. Uh, we also have, listen, I always try to squeeze in a ton of Raptor guests. So Sean, I'm going to, you may get that. You may get that call soon 
when those games always come happy up, to talk about anything relating to Kyle Lowry, including the Miami Heat. Totally fine with that. Uh, I stuff <laughs> as much Raptors me. in as I can to the point that they get mad at me. But <laughs> well, Giancarlo was awesome. Everyone, go follow him on his Twitter page, uh, as he says, and uh, we will <laughs> round it out there. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. Also, thanks to Matt Peck from Locked On Bulls for stopping by to talk about Demar, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with John Corrales from Locked On Celtics teeing up Raptors Celtics on. Wednesday. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day locked on fantasy basketball as Josh Lloyd is covering everything you need to know for your DFS, your season long, your dynasty, whatever it is in fantasy basketball. Josh Lloyd has you covered. He's doing like 14 podcasts a week or something like that. So go and follow Josh. He knows what he's talking about. He's the very best. That'll do it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>